0: What is up, my sunlight, Samurais, my andronauts. In this article, in this video, we're going to talk about aspartic acid on LH, testosterone, estrogen, DHT, dopamine, sexual function, and then where to get it from. So this is going to be highly insightful. So stick to it to the end. Let's dive in. All right. So this is the article. Link will be in this description if you want to check it out more completely. All right. So let's dive into the quick background on aspartic acid. So deaspartic acid is an amino acid. It was first found in the nervous system of marine mollusk, right? And subsequently in the nervous system and endocrine tissue of many other animals, including humans. So a diasporic acid tends to accumulate in the endocrine glands, particularly in the pineal gland, the pituitary in the test. So though there where it accumulates, it will have the strongest effect. So here you can see, this is literally where it accumulates. So there's... Um, Here's like the baseline label. You can see like pituitary, testis, thyroid, hippocampus. These labels are very, very high compared to, for example, liver, kidney, or the serum. So it accumulates. And when you do supplement a sportic acid, labels in those specific tissues where it accumulates, it accumulates even more. So it's not in like a linear effect and like it just accumulates in the tissue where it accumulates. And then the moment you stop using it, labels go back to baseline. But the thing is like the t- it accumulates in the pituitary where you re- release LH. It accumulates in the testes where you release testosterone. It accumulates in the thyroid, release thyroid hormones. And it accumulates in the p- uh, pineal gland where it releases melatonin. So technically it should be able to help you to sleep better, increase LH, increase testosterone and speed of the metabolic rate. So it seems promising, right? So aspartic acid on LH release, the way it works is by the involvement of CGMP. So as you know, You have like PDE5 inhibitors that help to break prevent the breakdown of this cyclic GMP. So it works as a second um, messenger. So what you can actually do is, is that you can combine a acid, which stimulates the production of cyclic GMP, and then you combine it with one of these uh, phosphodiesterase inhibitors. So in the uh, pituitary, it accumulates PDE1, PDE2, PDE4, and PDE11, are highly expressed in the pituitary. Right, so if you could inhabit any of these you will get a probably longer and greater increase in LH which is pretty cool so in this graph as you can see higher doses of aspartic acid increases LH dose dependently and as, as a result cyclic GMP also goes up the more um, aspartic acid you accumulate in the pituitary, there so that's kind of like the mechanism how it works and when you look at actually the release in LH And this was a study where they supplemented three grams of aspartic acid for four weeks and LH basically doubled. So LH went from 2.5 to 5.25. It's quite a big jump. And then testosterone went from 800 to 888. So it had about an 80 point increase in testosterone despite like a massive increase in LH. So it can effectively increase LH. But let's look at the summary, the whole effect that it has on testosterone. So aspartic acid accumulates in the testis and therefore, it's needed for testosterone optimization, right? So when you deplete aspartic acid in the testis, you will see your serum testosterone just tank. Right, so serum testosterone tanking. testes testosterone also dropping when they don't have a acid in the testis. And it works. One of the ways it works is by reducing the enzyme function, 17-beta-hydroxysteroid dehydrogenase, that converts androstenedione into your testosterone. Right, so camp. so the, the way it works is that Aspartic acid stimulates CAMP. So, in the pituitary, it stimulates cyclic GMP, and in the testis, it stimulates cyclic AMP. And that, um, when you have lower cyclic uh, AMP, it reduces STAR and 70 beta hydroxysteroid dehydrogenase. So, STAR transports cholesterol into the mitochondria of the Leydig cells to be converted into pregnenolone. It's one of the rate limited enzymes. And then 70 beta HSD converts androstenedione to testosterone. So, by not having enough um, aspartic acid in the test that you become insensitive to the LH and you don't produce distortion the way you should so let's look at the human studies we know that it's important let's look at the human studies when you supplement aspartic acid so the first study looked at three grams of aspartic acid 12 days increased your testosterone by 42 percent that's pretty crazy right so you can see distortion went up boom 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 quite a big increase right 140 nanograms per deciliter in just 12 days, LH also went down quite nicely. So this was one study, right? And they had quote-unquote low initial testosterone of around 455 to start. So they didn't have high testosterone, which might explain the increase in testosterone. Right, there was the next study, 3 grams of aspartic acid for 4 weeks increased testosterone by 80 nanograms per deciliter. So we already discussed this one going from 808 to 888. And it helped to increase uh, free testosterone going from 89 to 91. Estrogen went from 52 to 50, so it didn't really alter. And then the testosterone to uh, estrogen ratio didn't really improve either. So the testosterone to estrogen ratio improved. So meaning like estrogen went down, testosterone went up. So this ratio actually improved. So they had a smaller boost. You can see like from this study, smaller boost in distortion was 80 nanograms per deciliter versus 140 nanograms per deciliter from the previous study. So this might be because these guys were resistant men, they were young and they had higher initial distortion levels. Right, moving on to study three, they again used three grams of aspartic acid for 14 days, and that was ineffective. And then six grams of aspartic acid actually lowered your distortion. Right? So this study does not replicate the findings of the two above studies. Here you can see this is the group for uh, the 3 grams and this is the group for the 6 grams. So testosterone actually didn't even increase at all. It even slightly decreased. The free testosterone slightly decreased. Oestrogen slightly decreased. Whereas in the 6 grams, testosterone dipped quite a bit. Free testosterone dipped quite a bit and estrogen remained the same. So this study found that 3 grams didn't increase testosterone. The fourth study, and this one was 12 weeks long and they used 6 grams of aspartic acid, So, it didn't increase testosterone. It actually decreased it slightly. And estradiol decreased by 16%. So, the decrease in estradiol was more than the decrease in testosterone. So, the estrogen to the testosterone to estrogen ratio was still favorable. But it still shows you that over 12 weeks, using aspartic acid, at least in six grams, was not effective. So, in summary, three grams of aspartic acid for two to four weeks seemed to be the ideal dose and duration. After that, the effects wane, and this might be due to the rapid de- uh, the breakdown of the aspartic acid, which I'll show you why. Right. Another common um, idea is that estrogen let like, aspartic acid stimulates aromatase. You have in vitro evidence suggesting that the aspartic acid enhances aromatase and subsequent estrogen production. But when you actually look at the human studies, um, study two, three, and four didn't show an increase in estrogen; they actually saw a decrease in estrogen. When they use aspartic the acid, so in humans it doesn't seem to increase estrogen. DHT, aspartic as acid has been shown to stimulate 5-alpha-reductase and increase the DHT to distortion ratio. There's literally no more studies on this, and I couldn't find the actual numbers for this study, so I don't know how effective it was. But it's possible that you might get a boost in DHT when you use aspartic acid. It's just difficult to say like how effective it is because there's like no studies on this. Now when we look on dopamine, mood, and sexual function, the effects of aspartic acid, you will see that the aspartic acid promotes the release of dopamine, which is involved in motivation, focus, drive, libido erections, movement, and much more. Dopamine also helps to suppress prolactin, and prolactin has like anti-sexual function effects, it causes depression, like more like a like, bleh, sluggish feeling that you don't want. So on the flip side, the way it works, it stimulates the NMDA receptor. And the NMDA receptor promotes the release of nitric oxide. And when you have too much nitric oxide, nitric oxide is a free radical, right? So free nitric oxide binds with superoxide, another free radical, to create peroxynitrite. So peroxynitrite is one of the most powerful free radicals out there. And that inhibits tyrosine hydroxylase, the rate-limited enzyme in... A dopamine synthesis. So if your brain is already not really working the way it should, if you have brain fog, if you feel like your IQ is not as high, you feel things are not working as well, right? There's a possibility you already have an access of free radicals in the brain, like superoxide. So now you use aspartic acid, which promotes the release of oxide. So there's a possibility that you will pr- will be producing too much peroxynitrite, and this will inhibit dopamine. So you will feel more mentally inhibited when You use aspartic acid, so there's kind of like a downside, it's like a double edged sword for aspartic acid use. And then we have the alpha MSH, so alpha melanocyte stimulating hormone is a peptide releasing in the brain that's involved in libido, sexual arousal, erections, energy levels, and more. So you might know, um, alpha MSH like the melanocortin system. So when you use melanotan 2 or PT1 for one. That basically stimulates, acts on the melanocortin system to promote erections and libido. So alpha-melanocyte is basically the natural agonist to the melanocortin system. So basically alpha-MSH increased by aspartic acid will help to increase libido, mood, and sexual function, it should, right? So in terms of erections, eight grams of L-origin aspartate, so it's not like aspartic acid specifically, but it's still aspartate. Right, and and there's obviously a difference between L-aspartate and D-aspartate. So maybe we could assume this was just L-aspartate um, combined with AMP, significantly boosted erections. So it could be just because it was arginine, maybe it had nothing to do with the aspartate, but maybe it still had an effect. We don't know. So D-aspartic acid works through the NMDA receptor, which plays a role in erections. Right. So yeah, arginine with AMP significantly boosted erections. There's something there. Some rated reviews. The aspartic acid will absolutely increase libido and sex drive. I mix about three grams into my water daily, and I've noticed a significant increase in drive. Another review. Usually it takes four to five days before I start really noticing it. Libido shoots up. Way more aggressive socially, doing better in the gym. Another review. Did the eight-week cycle, libido definitely went up. So there are people reporting a boost in libido when they do use aspartic acid, and there's definitely mechanisms to justify why it works. All right, last one I want to address is glutamate focus, mood, and libido. So um, deaspartic acid binds to many of the glutamate receptors, and you might know glutamate as the neurotransmitter that's involved in memory, mood, recall, focus, libido, and more. So many nootropics actually work on some of the glutamate receptors, and that's how it helps you to focus, can actually help to uplift your mood, and it can help to boost your libido. And uh, it also counteracts the decrease in NMDA signaling observed during aging and even the beneficial role during um, remyelination, Alzheimer's disease, and patients with schizophrenia. So a acid can prevent the decrease in the function of this NMDA receptor. You need this NMDA receptor to promote the release of dopamine. And it's helpful for focus and even remyelination and diseases like Alzheimer's and schizophrenia. So a acid... Not necessarily supplementation, but from food, which we'll cover in a second, can be really helpful for the brain, healthy. That's why it tends to accumulate in specific areas of the brain. So in summary, I would not necessarily use the aspartic acid. And the reason for that is that too much can be excitotoxin and even harm the brain. So we didn't know like what's the exact safety profile on esportic acid in humans. Right? So it didn't test oxidative stress and those kind of stuff in the brain. So maybe it's easy to use it for too long and it might cause oxidative stress. Maybe you're predisposed to something like that and it might exacerbate issues for you. So when taken in isolation without the balance of other protective amino acids, it could be more harmful than good. Specifically because you're using like three gram doses, which is quite high. So I understand the usefulness of diasporic acid, but given that not all studies found an increase in testosterone and that you can get elbow diasporic from certain foods, I don't see a need to try it. So if I were to try it, I'd still use it two weeks on, one week off. So that one study found that used it for um, two weeks, like 14 days, and it had the increased testosterone 42%. And then over four weeks, it only increased it by 80 nanograms per deciliter. So maybe we can speculate that the ideal duration would be two weeks on, one week off. Now, there's obviously some bad reviews on it as well. So this guy was saying that when he started taking an esportic acid, I was waking up in the middle of the night to write essays about absolutely rubbish, was talking nonstop, got really weird, almost um, ecstasy-like feelings, especially after the gym, when I took the supplement. So for another month, I kept taking it, stopped, and then experienced a serious crash. So it could be that this guy was experiencing severe excitotoxicity, way too much stimulation from sportic acid. So this guy said that I would get weird headaches and nervous tension. Notice no nitropic benefit whatsoever. Again, probably overstimulation. Another review. Only one been on this stuff three days and already I'm experiencing depression and fatigue. My day, my dick is basically numb and it feels like I can't retain anything I read. So maybe this is another example of just too much overstimulation, peroxynitrate creation, which inhibits the production of dopamine. It seems so counterintuitive because at... a certain dose, it can increase the dopamine, but if you predispose it, it can actually inhibit the production of your dopamine. So it's not guaranteed to actually give you good benefits. So here I say, like, why deasportic acid only works short-term? So this is what they found, right? That the longer you take it, the enzyme that breaks down deasportic acid, deasportate oxidase, becomes massively upregulated. So you're taking three grams, but you're breaking down three grams, like, immediately, you're not really benefiting from it. So what you can do is you can either combine it with a DDO inhibitor or you can cycle it for two weeks on and one week off to prevent this issue. So I struggle to find an easy DDO inhibitor but there's probably some good ones out there. Or you can simply get your diasportic acid from foods, right? So I will say which foods are high in just a moment. And I, I think foods are better because in most cases foods are better but let's use another example, all right? You have carnosine. So carnosine is a Dipeptide. So when you use di, corn- um, you use <laughs> carnosine alone, the enzyme carnosinase quickly breaks down carnosine. So you don't actually increase your tissue levels of carnosine when you supplement carnosine. But the other dipeptide called anserin, it inhibits the enzyme carnosinase. Uh, so when you take carnosine and anserin together, they are much more superior than taking carnosine alone at actually increasing your tissue levels of carnosine. So similarly, I think that there are other amino acids that might inhibit DDO and prevent the aspartic acid breakdown. So that therefore, if you get the aspartic acid from food, it would be what much more superior than uh, taking a supplement. So here I have a quick illustration of D versus L aspartic acid. They look almost identical. It's just that this molecule here, these two molecules are swapped. You have D, L, basically like a mirror image of the molecule. So L-aspartic acid is actually widely available in food, whereas D-aspartic acid is a lot rarer. But the body can convert L-aspartic acid to D-aspartic acid with the help of d aspartate rice mice, right? Which is vitamin B6 cofactor. So it could be that when you start supplementing B6, and so you were deficient in B6, you will have more D-aspartic acid in the pineal gland, the thyroid gland, like all of these, and you will notice benefits. you get more LH, more testosterone, sleep better, and your metabolic rate will increase, so it's not necessarily the B6, but the B6 is helping to increase the aspartic levels. So, de asported rice mice is found in the greatest concentrations in the pituitary, followed by the testes, brain, liver, kidney, and serum. So clearly, right, your body wants to create and accumulate aspartic acid in those tissue. Now let's look at the availability of L-aspartic acid in foods. So, 30 grams of protein from ground beef, whey, chicken breast, turkey, oysters. Casein, tuna, eggs, cod, pork, lamb, pea, rice. has almost all of them the same amount of L-aspartic acid. Basically ranging from, mm, let me see, 2.8 to 3.1. But you will see casein is kind of like the, the exception here. Casein is like a 2. So casein seems to have the lowest level of L-aspartic acid. But let's look at D-aspartic acid, right? Where is D-aspartic acid found? So you have bacteria that can create diasporic acid. So naturally, we think that ooh, maybe fermented food will have more diasporic acid. Which fermented food? High-protein fermented food will have the most diasporic acid. So you can see raw milk has about 2 to 3% of all of the amino acids is the um, diasporic acid, whereas yogurt is 20%, kefir is seventy percent and yokult, 40%. So Yakult is fermented with a specific bacteria, and I think it's called the Lactobacillus cassi. I could be wrong, but it was a specific bacteria that creates this diasporic acid, 40%. So Yakult beats all other foods massively. You will see uh, parmesan, uh, Parmigiano, Reggiano, the cheese by 27%, not bad. Coffee is up to 43%, but keep in mind, coffee is a low-protein food. So even though it might have a lot of diasporic acid, it doesn't mean you're actually consuming a lot because it doesn't actually contain a lot in proportion to the amino acids. So casein is actually pretty high as well. We have zane, which is the very refined corn um, at the 40% as well. So I would say like the best, highest diasporic foods that will increase your testosterone will be fermented with like yogurt, but ideally yogurt. And then uh, casein might be helpful, also zane. Zane. So you can make your tester shake with yakult or yogurt. And then I don't know if you've heard about atoll, but atoll is a Mexican drink where they mix in like masa harina, like a corn flour, into their coffee, and I think they add cacao maybe. But you can use zane instead of the masa harina. So it contains a lot more diasporic acid. And then you can make it with like a yogurt or kefir. So there's a lot of things that you can experiment around with to get heaps. Of diasporic acid. And uh, so the, the biggest, the three highest would be yakult, zain, and coffee. So you can make a testo shake with yakult instead of milk. You can make a toll with zain. So it would be coffee, milk, honey, zain, and cinnamon. That would be quite delicious. Right. So I hope you like this article. Please share and um, try those, di- those, those foods high in diasporic acid and see how you feel. Maybe supplements on B6 if you are low in general. And see if that even helps you increase your testosterone, thyroid function, and whatnot. Right, guys, I hope this video was helpful, and I will check you in the next one. Cheers, guys.